This is Spotlights, the podcast series for the Yale Forum on Religion and Ecology. I'm your host, Sam Mickey, and each week for this podcast, we put a spotlight on somebody working in or around the field of religion and ecology broadly construed. So for this week, we're featuring Reverend Dr. Christopher Carter, who's coming at us from sunny San Diego, California. So you don't need to hear anything else from me. I'll go ahead and pass it over to uh, Christopher Carter, and he'll introduce himself and say some of the really amazing stuff that he's working on. So take it away. Hello, my name is uh, Reverend Dr. Christopher Carter, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself, a little bit about my work um, in the field of religion and, eco- religion and ecology broadly understood. Uh, I guess first I should say I'm really grateful to be able to participate in this video series for the Forum on Religion and Ecology at Yale. Um, so as you can see underneath uh, this image of me or this video of me, uh, I am an assistant professor and the assistant chair of the Department of Theology and Religious Studies at the University of San Diego. Uh, and before, I guess you probably are asking the same question most people ask about San Diego. And yes, the weather really is that good, hence me recording this video outside. So a little bit about me and about my work. Um, as I said, my work centers on issues of, of religion and ecology broadly understood. I'm particularly interested in the ways in which um, ecological spaces impact uh, BIPOC folks, so Black, Indigenous, and other people of color. Broadly understood, I would say my work kind of operates from the assumption that environmental spaces are always racialized and, and racializing policies, I guess I should say, are always have environmental consequences, right? So I'm interested in, in interrogating the intersection of, of race and ecology, but broadly speaking, this comes across not only looking at Black folks, but also at Latinx folks, Indigenous folks, and in the ways in which um, race as an access of difference um, shapes and reshapes our worldviews. Um, I come at this from multiple perspectives, but I will say the the genesis of my thinking about the environment is my grandfather, as you see picture with my son Isaiah. Uh, my grandfather uh, was born in the 1930s in Mississippi. Um, he was a migrant farmer um, and a picker, I guess is probably the more accurate term, and just had to deal with a lot of particular kind of uh, racism um, in the midst of living with Jim, uh, living during the era of Jim Crow, and so as a consequence, um, you know, he left the South and moved to Michigan, and that's where I was born. My mother was born, and myself, and has always been committed to kind of not only sharing those stories about his experience of growing up in Mississippi and spending a lot of time in Louisiana, but also the ways in which he really loved the land and how him and his gardening, as he called it, but and quite honestly, was basically like a farm in the backyard of his house in the middle of nowhere in the country, um, really made an impression on me that I hadn't really interrogated until I got older. Um, and I connect this right now with my, my son, Isaiah. Um, and so a lot of what I, I think about in terms of how my work, um, the writing that I do is really not only to speak to the legacy of my grandfather and those who came before me in the road that they laid and the path that they paid for me to be here, um, and honoring their agricultural legacy, their culinary legacy, and speaking true to the ways in which they understood the environment, how they lived within the environment, but also trying to provide and leave a footprint or framework for my son and future generations to look at uh, ecology in ways in which the contributions, I should say, to ecological thought from 
Black perspectives and see them as having deep and profound value that continue to shape and reshape, again, how we interact with the non and more than human world. You see on the bottom of that is uh, one of my, uh, some it's a vegan Spanish paella. It's probably one of the best things I've ever made in my life. And I note that it's vegan because that is a big part of my ecological commitment. For me, um, my commitment to this uh, well this way of being in the world um, is centered on for the people. And I always say like, I, I love animals and animals are great, but a lot of my work again talks about um, food and the ways in which environmental and food policies impact and harm people of color. And as such, um, this has been a big uh, moral and ethical um, way for me to uh, contribute to um, actually my kind of activism, I guess, for lack of a better term. So a little bit about my academic work. Uh, as, I, as I said, my academic work explores religion and ecology through the lens of race, food, and non-human animals. So I'm going to talk a little bit about each of those areas. First, uh, my forthcoming book, uh, The Spirit of Soul Food. Um, I really sought to answer the question, what should soul food look like for Black folks, given the structural racism that is embedded into the domestic and global food systems? Um, and so ultimately, I argue that in order for us, first, that all people should take food seriously, but particularly Black people and Black Christians should begin to think theologically about food and to adopt a different way of eating. I call it different food ways um, as a response to systemic racism. And so the way I argue it is that we need to consider not only what we eat, um, but how we access our food and how we might create food sovereign communities, right, to empower people to have better choices and better access um, and, and, and better health consequences in light of the food that we are um, currently eat today. For me, I argue that one of the pillars of this way of eating is called soulful eating. Soulful eating at, at its best is vegan, but even when it's not vegan per se, it interrogates the ways in which white supremacist thinking is embedded into the ways in which we think about food, food that black people consume, specifically tying it back to the kind of racialized narratives about food that uh, emerged during uh, the enslavement of black people. Uh, and Spirit of Soul Food should be out in June of 2021. So really looking forward to that actually being published. Um, next is Prophetic Labrador. So this book actually uh, is one of the more personal things I've ever written. Um, it was about my uh, dog, Samson, when he passed away and just the way in which it transformed my thinking about the non-human world and how we relate to it and connect to it. Um, I wanted people to start thinking logic, uh, theologically about the non-human world, but particularly I wanted Black people to start thinking about this in ways. And I wanted white people who were already thinking about the more than human world to understand and interpret it and, 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 and um, have some encounter with it from the experience of a Black person. Um, and so suffice it to say for me, not only was this article personal, it really pushed me to it broaden my understanding of community, the theological notion of community. So it's um, in the book, A Feeling Animal Death, again, it's just a chapter, but it's probably the most personal thing I've ever written. This chapter right here, Blood in the Soil, um, was published a few years ago that gets at more of the ecological work that I do, right? So we talked about food, we talked about nine animals, so a little bit about the ecological work that I do. Basically in this chapter, I argue that the, the framework, the theoretical framework for how we think about and talk about environmentalism is steeped in a lot of, in the language of whiteness, right? And so much of the challenge that has uh, prevented the environmental movement from 
diversifying, if you will, is because not only the language, but some of the ideological foundations that uphold these ways of being the world, again, really are also tied into the ways in which uh, white supremacist structure is upheld. And so I argue and, and talk about and try to posit different ways for people of faith, particularly Christians, to rethink what it means to be human in ways that could empower us and, 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 and cause us to, again, broaden our perspective on what it means to be a human being and relate to and connect with and recognize our interconnectedness to uh, the non-human world. So my professional work spans the spectrum. Um, I am the chairperson or one, I guess, the co-chair of the Religion and Ecology Unit at the American Family Religion. I'm a board member of Farm Forward and at Creature Kind, and both of these. So Farm Forward is a nonprofit that focuses on food policy, uh, specifically as it relates to farmed animals. And Creature Kind is a Christian organization that uh, is encouraging a vegan and vegetarian kind of lifestyle from a theological perspective. Um, lastly, I am one of the co-founders of Racial Resilience. And Racial Resilience is an anti-racism training program that uses the combined insights of compa- uh, contemplative practices and critical race theories. Um, and I'm really excited about that work. And um, as you might suspect, given the summer we've had in 2020, I have been quite uh, busy and active in that area of anti-racism training as well. So if you're interested in a little bit more about my work or contacting me, you can find out more of my work at drchristophercarter.com. Or if you want interested in racial resilience, you can find out information on that on racialresilience.com. Um, other than that, thank you so much for spending a few minutes learning a bit about me. Uh, I hope if you're interested in my work, you'll reach out to me so I can learn a little bit about you. Thank you and have a great day. All right. Amazing. That's just fantastic. Thank you so much, Christopher Carter. Happy to have you on the show. And thanks for sharing some points of connection so that uh, folks can reach out and build more community and learn more about this stuff in the future. So that's it for today's episode. I'm looking forward to bringing you more stuff soon. In the meantime, be well.